destroy all children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy all children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to another week of Destroy All Children. I am your host, Leary Davis. With me is George Brendel, as always. Yep, I'm still here. Somehow. I haven't fired you yet. Yeah. And... You've threatened to multiple times, but not yet. No. Well, you know, you work for Peanuts, so it's kind of hard to justify laying you off so far. Got that government loan, yeah. you know. Uh, and with us again is Max Magana, special guest, rotating third chair. Yeah, you uh, apparently it's impossible to get rid of me, just like uh, Geralt Source. Yeah, exactly. He, we just whistle and then you show up. Yep, pretty much. Okay. Uh, so, George, you said you have news. Lay it I on. I do. Me. Hey, re remember how like a few weeks ago I was just we had that story about System Shock and how that game's not coming out. Oh, of course. What? Wh what if System Shock Three were coming out though? Okay. Sure. Yeah. The so apparently like despite all those layoffs and everything there has been some word going around that system shock 3 is actually still in development really uh, uh okay reading reading here from the ign article speaking on the other side entertainment forum vp of marketing and business development walter somol explained the situation stating we're still here we're working remotely right now our new concept is coming along nicely and we're really excited about it uh, Sumul notes later in the post that System Shock 3 is progressing well with a distinctive art style and gameplay coming together in Unreal Engine 4. Didn't they fire, like, everybody, though? Yes. So, I'm not sure what's going on anymore. Uh, there, like, this article points out that there have absolutely been notable departures from, well, is that Starbreeze, uh, Oh god, what happened exactly? It was that Starbreeze sold the rights back to Warren Spectre and other side, if I remember right. Uh, but there has still been like people who left. So like point is though, like I'm still sure the game is not actually going to come out, considering like the development of that thing has not been going according to plan. Like it's been way behind and they've been over budget uh from the last time that I read up about this. And the fact that like now the COVID thing is happening and that they're working from home and also they lost a bunch of the developers and they had to sell everything back to Warren Spector at the start of the year, like probably still not coming out, but weird that there is like someone from the marketing department insisting that it is instead of just owning that it's not. Well, okay, so yes, they were doing System Shock 3 and then is it Night Dive is doing the remake of System Shock 1? And that's still I, happening? I believe so, yes. Okay. Yeah. Weird. I don't think anything with System Shock 1, like the remake, has been impacted at all. I've not heard anything about that. Well, I, I don't think that'll ever come out. 
but uh, I'm, I, I guess it has more sure. likelihood than this. Max, your thoughts? Yeah, when I say I haven't heard anything about it, I mean I haven't heard anything about it. So yeah, probably it's also not coming out because I don't think I've seen anything from that. Max, your thoughts? So I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you, and I'm probably gonna get some angry hate mail from Larry after this uh, in my Mastodon DMs. But I've actually never played any of the System Shock games or Bioshock, uh, so I don't have a dog in this fight, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think Larry minds. No, I don't really. Uh, you don't okay. need to. Uh, I will say you yeah. should play Prey, though. That's what I would. You recommend. know, I the new one or the original one from like the <laughs> mid 2000s definitely the original one you know uh being in a bar and okay. listening to blue oyster cult is the closest thing to system shock uh n- no the new one okay i don't know man uh yeah i mean i've i've heard it was good it's just one of those things that like it like goes off my radar for so long and then mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah that'd be good and then it's like oh that exists and it's on Game Pass, so oh, have at right. it. I'm gonna download it. I'll download it. Uh, well, I, I like assume those it is games from PC too. What? Uh, I I like those games a whole lot. Uh, I think all of the Bioshocks are pretty good. Uh, but also, yeah, I don't think like you have to rush out and play any of those games. No, especially like System Shock One and Two have not aged super oh, sure. well. Yeah. Well, I, I I think I tried to play System Shock one once. Is am I thinking of the wrong thing? But is that on uh, DOS or am I yes. thinking of a different game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember like back in high school, I was like, oh, I should play System Shock, and I was like, oh, DOS. I'm like, mm, no, I don't want to deal with this shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I played the System Shock like enhanced edition or whatever you can get on GOG, and even that, I made it. Meh. Not very far before I was like, I don't want to bother with this anymore. Uh, yeah. First person games were really something back then. Uh, yeah. Well, so I like that despite that this should have been like a one and done story, the specter of System Shock is still hanging out there. I get it. Yeah. Specter. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Anyway, so... something happened with the PlayStation 5? Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, something's <laughs> happening. Uh, Speaking of things that might be coming out, but also probably not. Uh, yes. So here's a report from Bloomberg. Uh, so there was a report here that says... Uh, so there's going to be a shortage of PlayStation 5s, apparently. What? Yeah. Come on. So they say they're still coming out this year. Which is the thing that we doubted, except yeah. there will not be very many of them, which I think makes a certain amount of sense if it's still going to be out this year. Um, and yet, yet at yes. the same time, they're like, by the way, the virus stuff mostly just affected the PR rollout. Which, what? Okay, okay. I mean, sure it did. Xbox has been out here showing stuff. Uh, you just put yeah. a video on the internet. Nintendo's the one that's supposed to not understand the internet, and even they are doing better about stuff like this than Sony right now. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, I don't buy that. I'm I'm actually kind of excited that there's not going to be as many because 
that means that it'll, you know, when this whole thing eventually descends into a proper post-apocalypse situation, we can use PlayStation 5s as currency. That's uh, right. Because of the scarcity. So yeah. who needs that's going to be the caps? great part. Uh, just, just, yeah. Uh, you can, who needs bottle caps when you can just trade flops? Yeah. First you get the PlayStation 5, then you have the power, then you get the women. That's how that goes, right? Yeah. Yes. Then you get the ghouls. Ooh. Uh, you get grabbed by the ghouls? <laughs> yeah, grabbed by the ghoulies. Uh, so this oh, whole... shit, grabbed by the ghoulies remake confirmed for PlayStation 5. Breaking uh, news, heard it here first. It's available in a rare replay. You want to play it for some reason. Sure. Uh, yeah. So this also says... um. The company has told assembly partners it would make 5 to 6 million units of the PS5 in the fiscal year ending March 2021. Uh, when it released the PlayStation 4, it sold 7.5 million units in its first two quarters. Uh, and then this also says, The PS5's loftier price tag may also deter initial take-up. Game developers who have been creating titles for the next PlayStation anticipate its price to be in the region of 499 to 549 and Bloomberg Intelligence Matthew Kanderman points to increased component costs pushing up the cr- pushing up the price required for Sony to break even. Uh, which there was stuff about that before, about the components being hard to find yeah. and the cooling pushing the price up again. And yeah. like, none of this look, is surprising. Look, you think Mark Cerny's brainwaves come cheap? No. You're a fool. Absolutely not. Hey, uh, that yeah. that kind of reminds me. So the the new controller has a microphone in it. And, yeah. like, you're going to be, like, whacking those sticks around and clacking those buttons. Do you think it's using oh, yeah. Mark Cerny earwave technology to figure out when you're actually talking to it? <laughs> it's a real possibility. You use that Discord tech that Max was telling us about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crisp. Uh, See, my PlayStation oh, no. 4 controller is just picking up UPS trucks. It's a real problem. Mm-hmm. See, now you mentioned Crisp. Uh, so I think legally they have to give you a 10% off coupon for all of your listeners. That's, oh, great. That's the way the internet works, right? The five people now listening you're... will be really psyched. Yeah. Now you're now you're sponsored. Great. Whether they want to or not. Put an offer code Cerny. <laughs> we should uh, be getting money from Sony. Yeah. I know, uh, I know Larry was less than enthused about the... Uh, the controller for the PS5, but I, I'm actually, I'm into it. I don't know why, but I like it. I'm not. Just bring back the boomerang if you're going to do something weird and different. I Powers, agree. All of them. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the controller, it, it more like it makes me wonder what the rest of that thing is actually going to look like. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, like between the weird way that the development unit is designed. And the way that controller looks, I am very curious what the aesthetics of the actual box is going to be. Uh, I, although, I still hope it I looks like anything those, is like dev kits with the weird V thing. Yeah, like, like to be clear, I want something that's kind of different and unique, uh, especially considering that Xbox's box is literally just a box. So, like, give me something more than that. Yeah, yeah. I Make, make consoles weird again. Yeah. I want another, like, George Foreman grill-ass-looking console to put on my shelf. Yeah. 
give me another I mean, like inhale like the xbox 360 yeah sure it was great for heating uh-huh <laughs> um yeah no I'm, I'm curious what that's going to look like i really wonder what the time frame is for them actually kind of releasing pictures of the box itself uh like honestly like between the rumored like five or what was it like 549 dollars is what they were saying would be like the upper end for the thing yeah I really like how they're just going to like tow that line up to 599 US dollars and not actually get quite there. But they should though. Just do it, whatever. Yeah, pull the trigger. Yeah, just air clips from that E3 of him saying 599 US dollars and be like, "Yeah, guess what? What are you going to do about it?" <laughs> the way I see it is if it's 599 dollars, that just means there will be more parents out there who have to tell their children, no, we cannot have a PS5, so Max gets one instead of you. Exactly. That's, Look, see, I, I got, I got my that 20th anniversary. So it has funded my PS5 and Xbox Series X, so that's cool. Yeah. There you go. I spent I a long time trying to get one of those 20th anniversary PlayStation 4s, so like, I guess I'm already used to the idea of a short-run PlayStation console. Stop bragging. Yeah. I mean, that alone I could pay off the PlayStation 5 with, so there we go. Yeah, I know. Home salt. Well, yeah. you also like I didn't open it, it up. I've been play- playing it <laughs> yeah. for Played a video while games. now. Uh, anyway, so anything else in game news? That's basically all as far as I know. Uh, I don't think anything else has really been happening. Uh, just, yeah, just the PlayStation 5 thing. Well then, comics news. This is really strange. So we talked about how uh, comics were canceled. Nothing happening. Nobody... Yeah. Like nobody's publishing any, publishing anything. Printers have been shut down. Diamond stopped distributing, and then they ran out of money. Uh, and so they were like, "Well, we're going to pay our vendors via this payment plan." Anyway, uh, DC are putting out comics again, uh, starting Tuesday, April twenty eighth, which is kind of weird. They're changing the new comic day to Tuesday from Wednesday. Uh, with a very small number of titles that they're putting out. Um, let's see, this this first week is Daphne Byrne, The Dreaming, and Batman Giant, and the reprints of Batman 89 and Nightwing 70, and that's it. Uh, and then it mm-hmm. starts to expand after that, with um, May 5th is Batman The Outsiders, Flash, Green Lantern, Hawkman, House of Whispers, and Joker Harley criminal insanity number four you okay <clears throat> that thing's gonna take forever to come out it's never going to finish what's up uh, i was gonna say that was the sound of uh bile coming up but yeah yes uh man that that thing looks so bad and then it's like a black label series that comes out every two months except it's like 12 issues and then they've also been adding specials in the middle of it anyway uh and then may 12th there are gonna be more harley quinn justice league justice league odyssey lois lane and metal men because everybody's waiting for that so this is 
other than Justice League, I don't know that there are any big titles here. I would say Green Lantern, but that's just because of Grant Morrison's involvement. Um, but, you know, it's something. Right? Yeah, comics are back. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Wait, so you said, okay, so Diamond's not putting these out. You said it was, nope. uh, they're going through who again? So, then... Once they talked about the new books, it was like, okay, great, but who's going to actually get them to comic stores? And the answer is two new companies, uh, Lunar, what's the actual full name? Lunar Distribution and UCS Comic Distributors. Uh, These are actually DCBS and Midtown, who are basically the biggest comic retailers in the U.S., uh, yeah. And they're just kind of splitting it where like DCBS is basically doing the west of the US and Midtown is doing the east. So. Com- run this comic trade like a cartel. Yes. Good. Yeah. Sure. Why yeah. not? Load it in the back of chicken trucks. Put them in the buckets and. Cut. What? Cut open the snakes, roll up some issues of Batman, slip them inside. <laughs> That's fun. right. Uh. But yeah, like retailers are super mad about this, and it seems like, from what I can tell, most of it is not really about the comics being back. It's more about DCBS and Midtown being in charge of distribution, which seems like a strange thing to be mad about, considering they're the only ones who could do it. Like they're the only yeah. comics retailers with the shipping output capable of doing this. I'm assuming it's because all the retailers do not like the prospect of a major retailer also then controlling distribution. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, but yeah, like who else is going to do it at this point? Everything's kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh and then one of the weirdest things is when they are mad like, "Well, I don't think those other companies should be having my customers' information." And if you talk to anybody who buys comics, there is a 99% chance they have bought from at least one of those two before, if not yeah. both. Uh, you get also, come stuff on, everybody has your information. Trades. Yes, that too. Um, but like you buy from in stock trades, that's the only thing you buy from. That's DCBS. Uh, yeah. I, I buy everything from in stock trades and DCBS for monthly issues. So, uh, yeah. I, I only go between IST and Amazon for comics. Uh, there are a few instances where Amazon will have something a little bit lower than in-stock trades, and obviously Amazon's free shipping uh, threshold is uh, less than IST's. But but yeah, like definitely they're going to have my information if those are the two like sources that I'm buying my comics from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is generally a good thing, especially because Diamond sucks uh and them having a complete monopoly on everything not great and so having something as an alternative is good as far as i'm concerned yeah like even though you you said they're they're purely dividing this between east and west coast like that is still a better division of that market than what it was before where it was just diamond is the only game in town yeah yeah i mean they're doing canada too um again it's basically divided between west and east or Canada as well, but yeah, uh, I'm. I think it's just that's what makes more sense for their shipping centers because uh, DCVS is here in Indiana, 
and Midtown's in New York, so you know. What are you typing, Max? Nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh so anyway, that that's basically it for comics news. Uh people are mad, we'll see how it shakes out. I don't know. Yeah. They look, the alternative is all the comic shops die anyway, so uh, they already I don't know. are. This whole situation is yes, sure. Like there's still gonna be a lot that don't survive this. Everything's just kind of crazy and fucked right now with that, so Right. I don't know. It sounds better to me than what the alternative is, at least, but I can get why some people are upset, I guess. I can understand it, but at the same time, some money is better than no money. So Yeah. Like Like I get their grievance, I don't relate to it. So yeah also it seems like a lot of them are kind of mad that because their stores are still closed due to state lockdowns they would have to either ship it to the customers or like have some sort of online thing which they don't have which to me is kind of strange in 2020 not Uh, mine though drove by there again the other day door wide open just you know let the corona blow right in there (laughs) great uh yeah yeah uh comic shops are among the most resistant to change of any retailer type, so that's not surprising Oy. to me. Boy, are they. It's almost like every comic shop I've ever set foot inside has been the exact same fucking comic shop, regardless of state lines or the passage of time. I mean, there was a time when I think it was... I don't know if it was Marvel or DC, but they were subsidizing cash registers for comic shops just to get them to do it, <laughs> instead of just like getting a drawer of money and writing a paper receipt or something. God. Uh, it's amazing thoughts. the comic book industry is God, yeah. Birds are the worst. Great input. Alright. On to the next thing. I mean you know that I don't really know much about that. I mean, I did a little research on this just beforehand and found that basically the reason that Diamond is so in charge is because Marvel tried to fuck themselves. Yes, basically, they did. In the 90s with Hero World, so that was interesting. That yep. was a little bit of history I did for this, but uh, I know nothing about this. I actually don't know anything about that. Yeah, that was um, uh, part of Marvel's bankruptcy thing, I think. Yeah, so I guess what I read was basically they like were trying to be independent, and so they bought this like dis- uh, distribution company, and they were going to use them, and then it turns out that the company sucked and was totally disorganized. Um, but in response to Marvel's announcement that they were going to only be going through this company, uh, a lot of the other dis- uh, distributors like market share fell precipitously. And so a bunch of other publishers, I think DC, Image, Archie, and then some other one I don't remember, like all signed an exclusive contract with Diamond. And then when Marvel shuttered Heroes World, uh, it's called. Uh, they signed with Diamond as well, so it basically was just like, all right, now it's uh, now it's all just Diamond. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand the industry. I don't understand, Larry. I read Bad Weekend. I thought I was supposed to be an expert in comic books. Now, well, look, you you learned about the dark underbelly of comic conventions, uh, uh, but that didn't really get into the business side so much, uh, except well, for shit. like uh, pistol whipping guys in bathrooms, but. <laughs> Uh, that I'm curious about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that weekend is a good comic. It is. It's uh technically 
it's an arc from Criminal, but they released it as a standalone book. Uh, but yeah, it's okay. good stuff. All right. Uh, what have you been playing, Max? You first. What have you been up to? Uh, so I got back into uh, Vermintide Two, which I don't know if you've played, but uh, big yes. fan of that game. Um, I actually got into it because of someone on Mastodon posted their stream and they were playing that, and I watched it and was like, "Fuck, I should play this again." And then I have some friends from. Uh, my TF2 days who got into it so it was like alright well this is an easy segue back into video games uh, so yeah. yeah Vermintide I liked Vermintide uh, I played a bit of Vermintide 2 and I ended up uninstalling it because uh, that was back when I had a really restrictive bandwidth cap and that game loved to just be like I'm gonna download 50 gigabytes and so I would just uh, yeah. wake up and see that and be like I need to get rid of this uh, now yeah. I should reinstall it because it doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, you should. It's it's. I mean, it it essentially comes down to being Left for Dead, but with a melee weapon focus, which is yeah. uh, like a cool concept just in general. Like, hey, what if instead of zombies, it was giant rats? Yeah, yeah. I I felt yeah. like that was one of the best versions. That and World War Z are like the best Left for Dead likes. Uh, yeah. How how moddable is it, if at all? Apparent. So uh, there are mod they they have like mod support built in. Um, they do keep like I guess your I they keep your character tracks separate though. Like you can have like when you launch the game, it's like do you want to play on like a modded version or the unmodded version? So, um, oh, but could my understanding? Oh, go ahead. Could I turn all the rats into the aliens from Mars Attacks? Probably. I, I don't know the extent, but... Mm. Uh, yeah, see, that's the problem. I'm gonna, see, I'm... Left for Dead, they ended up disabling mods on, uh, yeah. on the regular servers. And that was a tragedy. Yeah, the de the degree to which you could fuck with Left 4 Dead as far as mods go is kind of amazing and was one of the main things that kind of kept me coming back to it. So to find out that they kind of gutted that whole thing out is really depressing. Uh, yeah. But hey, if there is a Left 4 Dead alternative that lets you get just as dumb with mods, then I'm way I mean, into they, that. It has a uh, community workshop page on Steam. So uh, I'd have to... Might have to check that out. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's fun, too. And, like, the harder levels, there's, like, friendly favorite enabled for ranged weapons, so it just fucking, it kicks your ass. I've I've lost mm. more games on the harder levels, like, the harder difficulties than this one. Like, it's, it is unforgiving, and it's very fun. I've, I've played some World War Z, and that is a very good Left 4 Dead alternative, but I don't think you can mod, like, anything about that. No. Also, we need to finish playing that game at some point. I forgot that we kind of like completely dropped off with that, with like only a couple levels to go. Yeah, I mean, I asked yeah. you about it anyway. Uh, okay, George, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot. Uh, I finished Doom Eternal, and I have Woo! some mixed feelings about that. Uh, okay. Still, probably going to be game of the year, just sheer technicality. But uh, we we kind of got into it. I 
meant to pull open the name of this level and have now realized that I forgot to do that. Tarek Nor. Uh, Tarek Nor. Thank you. That level, not good. No. Uh, you and I talked about that in private. Uh, but, like, th there's a lot of underwater sections in that level, and of course, all the water is poison, so you have very limited time in there. All it does the water is poison. Fast. All the water yeah. is poison. I'm gonna drink it all up. Uh, napple, napple, napple. Like, <laughs> but like besides that uh just the introduction of like the marauder enemies in that game i really don't understand what they were thinking with that at all uh, yeah. i do not like having to deal with a fast moving timing based enemy while i am also just getting bashed around by a million other guys yep the marauders uh, are the one part of that game i absolutely hate i don't know why they are in there i don't know who thought that was a good idea they are infuriating to fight they take forever to kill uh yeah they're awful you just wail on them with the super shotgun, and it still takes way too long. Like, I've dealt with uh, cyber demons in that game that went down a lot more easily than the Marauders. Yeah. Just in terms of, like, sheer amount of health. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Terragnor, uh, I mean, it had, like, multiple Marauder encounters in it on top of that. Uh, it had a lot of just not really good jumping puzzles in it, too. Um mm. But there are these, like, uh, enemies that they introduce in that level that basically, like, summon in uh, projections of other enemies, and they'll just keep doing that. And so the room will fill up very fast with those. And uh, at least one of those two encounters you have in that level is in a very, very confined uh, space. So most of the time there, I was just kind of getting, like, backed into a corner by guys and, like, literally not being able to get out of it and just dying over and over. So I eventually just switched the game on to easy, which I'm not proud of, but man, Terragnor sucks. I, I did not have that problem with that room because after that first part in the courtyard where you fight the first archvile, it made it pretty clear as soon as you see like the orange thing spawning in, you need to go find where that guy is and kill him immediately. Uh, yeah, uh, and, so two things so. with that, though, in that room is that they spawn in a lot of very powerful enemies before they even spawn in the, uh, you just told me the name and I done forgot it. Archfile. Archfile. Thank you, Larry. Uh, you're welcome. See, so you're already just, like, blowing through a lot of ammo before they spawn the Archvile in, and then it spawns into different locations, uh, just kind of randomizes between a few of them, so... I would keep like going to one where I would suspect it being and it would not be there and then I would get my shit pushed in. Yeah. Well, I think by that point I had already upgraded the super shotgun to the point where the uh the meat hook sets guys on fire. And that is the single best upgrade in that game because then you just hook around to everybody and blast them apart and it's very fun. Um You want to hear something very embarrassing about my experience with that game? What? Okay, so I took a break after they introduced the Marauders because I just was not having it and Final Fantasy VII came out. Uh, I had meant to spend all my upgrade points to upgrade, uh, you know, the, the various uh, alternate fire abilities of the weapons. Forgot to do that. Completely didn't realize that that was a thing when I came back to it until like right before the final boss. And I was like, oh, all this stuff would have made the game a lot easier. <laughs> Uh yeah. Yeah. It's it's the mastery specifically that power them up significantly. Yeah. Uh, so the, that, that's on me. Which is the one a uh, chain gun has the thing that just gives you a shield. That's really useful. 
Yeah, but like I'm, I'm saying I got that stuff, but I didn't like further upgrade those abilities. So like I didn't have the thing with the super shotgun where it sets guys on fire, yeah. for example. Uh, but I did like before the final boss. Um, yeah, also the the uh, encounter with the con maker, I'm not a fan of. Uh, the way it checkpointed me there, I went in with very little ammo, so little that I basically couldn't do anything. It wasn't enough to kill anybody. Uh so I eventually had to take the Sentinel armor and just kind of spend a while grinding ammo back out so I had enough to actually fight the boss. So that wasn't great. Uh, uh, yeah, at that point I did not have much ammo either, but I at least had enough for the assault rifle thing that I could snipe the drone heads to get some ammo out of it. Uh, I'm yeah. still, I'm pretty sure you were just missing an ammo drop or something because I'm pretty sure it does drop assault rifle ammo around there. Somewhere it does, uh, it does. I kept messing it. Uh, great because also the maker likes to set that whole arena on fire, and that got very disorienting for me. Uh, mm. okay, but it sounds like I'm complaining a lot about Doom Eternal. It's a very good game, actually. Like, the amount of stuff with it that I have an issue with is like just it, it accounts for a relatively small amount of that total experience. Uh, it's still just the same as Doom 2016 in its best parts, and that is most of the game. Uh, there's still some choices that they made there that I don't know what they were thinking. Um, but also, I realize that you can't really just do Doom 2016 again. Like, you have to innovate on that in some way. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They went for it. It didn't always, like... The returns weren't great all of the time, but I still had fun. Sure. Yeah. Uh... Max, what what's your opinion on Final Fantasy VII? Um, I have never played a Final Fantasy game. Good, uh, what? great. You're pure as the driven snow. <laughs> yeah, I I just I have heard that uh, of the Final Fantasies, like based on my personality and like just what games I like, I would probably like. The ones before seven, I've heard six recommended a lot for me, yeah. but I still haven't played it. Yeah. Um. So, if I if I do play one, I'd probably go and play six or something. But yeah, I mean, six is a great game. Yep. I I've agree. heard that seven moves from turn based combat to like action RPG combat, which is a little intriguing, but not, still not, probably not enough to get me to buy it. No, not, not the way that you're probably thinking of. Um, you mean like within the same game? I don't know. I this is just what I heard. It, okay. Probably well, people talking nonsense. I th- I think maybe you're uh conflating so like the original game is very turn based. It uses the active time system. I'm not sure what your familiarity with that is necessarily. Uh but the remake goes into like full action RPG. Okay. Oh, so like yeah, so Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that's yeah, I, I, I was going to say... I would say... be looking for a non-turn-based version, I guess. Vagrant story, now that's more of like an action RPG. A little bit. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But, um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you consider ATB, if you would consider that actually turn-based, because I kind of don't. But Yeah. Uh... I do, because your speed stat is still influencing when you're able to take an action. So it's still kind of ordering things in a more rigid way than a full-on action RPG would, where obviously you have just complete reign to do whatever, whenever. Oh, well, yeah. 
I, I saw people complaining in the new like in the remake that you have to use ATB gauges to use items and it's like why would you do that and it's like so you don't just spam potions constantly yeah so you can actually think about what you're going to do instead of just spamming absolutely everything like that's actually the thing that I like the most about the ATB system in the remake yeah but um I actually, I will say, I kind of don't like how it has both the ATB system and MP. I feel like maybe MP should not be a factor, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not very far into it, but Final Fantasy VII Remake is out. It is? I've played it. Some of it. What? Uh, they put it on storage? It's in a box? I, I did a, I did a, a motorcycle. That sucked. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Just like the original. That's right. <laughs> Very faithful, this remake. Uh, I appreciated how it says L1, long-range attack, and I was pressing L1 and trying to figure out why I couldn't do anything, and then it turns out you hold L1 and press triangle to do it. What? I figured that out near the end. Okay, I was actually going to ask you that. I was... Yeah, I couldn't figure that out either. I kept holding L1 and nothing happened, and so I just assumed it was bugged or something. No, because it That's says great. the triangle prompt is in the lower left in a tiny box when all the oh, other God. controls are in the upper left. Uh, yeah, and... Yeah. Well, look, you're not the only person, because apparently someone else I talked to thought you could only swing one way on the motorcycle when it actually has road rash controls where it's square oh. for left circle for right yeah see i knew better than that because you say they didn't change anything like they really didn't because that controls the exact same way in the original yeah uh also i'm pretty sure the accelerate trigger does not do anything because there are oh, guys it, in front of it does. just doesn't yeah it it doesn't feel like it like it takes a while of just laying down on that thing to actually like gain any momentum on it but it definitely does like i was throttling back then trying to catch back up to guys on it and it was it was working just with like a big delay i held down r2 the entire time and there were plenty of times where the guys were just like it was just well i have to wait for him to get back here so i can hit him yeah it'll still do that too like it'll still push guys out ahead of you no matter what but there's mm -hmm. definitely like if you are breaking and then laying down on it again it does make a difference of you know catching back up to stuff yeah, I don't know, okay. that section's just not good <laughs> Like no, in general No, but does introduce Roche Or as you called him, Roach um, Yes Who is great Yeah, I was telling you that there is a character in this game That seems like it was from a Kingdom Hearts design doc That yeah. Nomura just couldn't figure out how to get Sora on a motorcycle So he kept filing it away Till one day Yeah, yeah. it's the most yeah, Kingdom Hearts guy, thing in this game Jam him in an Organization 13 robe and you're good to go. Oh yeah, no. It's uh, for anyone who's not played the game yet. It's a guy on a very long uh, motorcycle, and he's just like flipping around and just doing shit with that that completely defies the laws of physics. Uh, has a pompadour and keeps saying weird shit like "You really rev me up, baby." He's great. I love him. Yeah, he's my favorite. He's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Th th this he game shows up one more time. It's dumb. Uh, in a lot yeah, of ways, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, so the thing uh, is, he, all right, Max. Here's the lowdown on Final Fantasy VII remake. Max. This is not a remake of the whole game. This is a remake of the first disc of Final Fantasy VII. 
nope not not even that no because the first the first disc is um the first disc ends with you oh god i think it ends with eris's death oh and then the start of the second, I want to say, is you're going over to, like, the Icicle Inn and everything. So, like, there's, uh, this is, like, the first five hours of the first disc, which probably would take you 20 hours to beat. Yeah. So there's still a lot of that disc that's not in this thing at all. Okay. Well, either way, this is a remake of the first segment of that game, then. How's that? Uh, yes, all that the is stuff accurate. In the city of Midgar... Uh, which is the only thing that people remember about that game Other than Eris dying mm-hmm. uh, Which I think is a good idea Because the rest of that game you probably could compress into a second remake I uh, kind of went over a synopsis of like the rest of that game yesterday And I don't know if maybe they actually could condense it into one more game But I think like two is definitely doable Hmm and also, I think more likely too, because I think that Square is going to want to try to like milk this for a while, because like the brand name behind Final Fantasy VII is still pretty strong, and this one is getting like well received. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you don't want to just wrap it up in one, but also I think anything more than three of these things total, and it's going to start having like diminishing returns. I mean, don't forget they did make three Final Fantasy Thirteens, so. Oh boy, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> There's precedent for it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I don't know if I will care about the next games though, because Midgar is the stuff in Final Fantasy VII that I liked. Uh like that well really that's basically as far as I played, because after that I immediately lost interest. But everything I've seen from after that I'm just like, nah, whatever. Uh, I I actually think like the rest of that game is uh pretty interesting and i'm looking forward to actually seeing what they do and what they change with that uh also boy if you think that the first part of final fantasy 7 is dumb there's a lot of real stupid shit that happens in the rest of that game oh i bet there is yeah uh you know you know who hojo is right the scientist guy oh god okay well you'll come across hojo at some point and i just want to preempt you like realizing who that character is and what he looks like and what his deal is with in the original there's a part where you go to like a resort town like a uh go to like a beach and hojo's just uh taking a vacation in the middle of all this shit just laying out there like soaking in the sun but he's still like wearing his lab coat and everything for some reason it's like sure. i guess they did want to like remodel the character i mean that would take a little bit of effort and man i really hope they keep that in the future <laughs> remake installments yeah uh, they kept the stairwell thing in this, apparently. So, all right, here's what I remember from my time playing Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation First uh, when when I was okay. a child. Uh, FMV, whole lot of FMV comes down. You see the city of Midgar. Here comes the train. This is looking really cool. Cloud hops out. Everything looks awful. And it's like, what is this? Oh no! Oh no! What have I gotten into? Everybody has yeah, horse you, hands. You can tell uh, why they couldn't do this on the Nintendo 64. It just wasn't powerful <laughs> that's enough. That's right. Uh, the power of the PlayStation at work. Uh, and then you go and then uh, there you get into a battle and it's like, okay, this is where they put the good character models. I don't know why they aren't on the overworld. They figured that out with Final Fantasy VIII, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but then then there's the robot scorpion you fight. You summon, you summon Ifrit. Um... Uh, but, 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 
squats, doing squats, uh, the planet's die-in cloud, which Barrett does not say in the remake. Yeah. Which kind of invalidates the whole thing, as far as I am concerned. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what was even the point? I know. Um, Yeah. uh, Yeah, reactor blows up, there's the bit in the office building, right, where you, like, find Sephiroth's sword in the guy or something. Or I guess yeah, just the, the dead guy. Yeah, the president of Shinra. Yeah. Uh, well, you you go there to rescue Aerith, and then, like, you bust out, and you go to confront the president of Shinra, but then, oh, no, this dude's got a fucking katana sticking out of his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did he leave his sword there? Because uh, it's not... Well, so it's not, like, actually Sephiroth at that point oh. in the story. You never actually physically encounter the real Sephiroth until the very, very, very end of the entire game. Okay, well, uh, and then, uh, yeah, Eris dying, I remember remembered that, and that's basically it. Well, good news, you know everything that you really ought to know about Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Uh, turns out there is no reason for you to play any of the future remake titles. Uh, got it all down. Yep, I'm not sure if I will. Did you did you actually forget the part though where the guy tries to make the dog character have sex with Aerith? Yes. That's a what? thing that they do in this game. <laughs> okay. Hi, welcome to the part of the podcast where I reveal to two people who don't know that there is like a bestiality angle in the first disc of Final Fantasy VII. Japan is fucked. <laughs> That's what we've been saying. This is only it's only like three hours before you do the whole sequence of getting Cloud to dress up as a pretty lady. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Also, oh god, yeah. So there's um. So Aerith is an ancient, uh, ancient race, magical people, whatever. That's all you all you really need to know. But she's like the last of her kind, and then Red Thirteen is also the last of his kind. So Hojo, uh, vacationing mad scientist, uh, figures. Well, I mean, if they're both basically extinct like they could they could probably like fuck right no so <laughs> no they can't hojo either hojo either doesn't understand what he's doing or he knows precisely what he's doing <laughs> but he puts the two of them in like a cage and basically tells them to get at it uh but thankfully you show up in time before the game really takes a turn oh boy yeah I have a feeling Wonder that I if probably, they keep that. <laughs> I probably just did not even understand that when I was like seven or whatever when this game came out. Uh, although even oh, at the God. time, I was like, these character models are awful. Uh, yeah. So because I, I like, I get they were going for like an approximation of basically the the Super Nintendo and NES sort of like overworld sprites where everything's kind of done like this chibi sure. style. But like that was also a limitation to a degree of those consoles. That they didn't need to abide by when they had like PlayStation technology at their disposal. So, yeah. like that kind of explains why there is such a huge gulf graphically between seven and eight. Uh, but man, they probably should have realized sooner in development that that was not a good look. It's it's just the contrast between it and the rest of lo- those like you know pre-rendered backgrounds and everything. It just looks yeah. so bad. If, if everything else yeah, but... had been cartoony, it probably wouldn't have been nearly as jarring. Yeah. Um, but, oh, man. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just remember Final Fantasy VII being on that demo disc with Bushido Blade, and I just wanted to play Bushido Blade. Oh yeah, 
Now, I remember playing that demo disc like a lot, actually. Um, at a friend's house, so I did not own a PlayStation One. I remember uh, playing the Metal Gear Solid uh, demo on the demo disc, and yeah, always yeah. just getting getting caught at the because you know, I mean, I'm like six, so I'm just getting caught at the first fucking thing, and it's like I don't know how to play this game. I remember playing the Crash Bandicoot Three demo a lot. Yes. Me too. That demo like also gave you, I think, abilities that you normally wouldn't have at that point in the game too, from what I remember. Like I think you just had the fruit bazooka or whatever. Speaking Uh, of Crash Bandicoot, did you guys play the uh, remaster of that when it came out? Whenever? Yeah. So I I will admit I must just be bad at platforming because I kind of hit a wall with it. But apparently, one thing that they messed up slash fixed was uh, Crash's hitbox. Yeah. Did you hear about this, Larry? Yeah. How in the PlayStation 1 version, his hitbox was square, which yeah. allowed him to land on platforms more easily. Mm-hmm. And it was round in the remake. It was round in the remake, so he would just, what he would normally like land. Yeah, it's... That's one of those things where I'm just like, maybe sometimes fixing it for the remake is not the right play. Yeah, also... The... I landed everything fine, because I'm very good at video <laughs> games. Uh, yeah, also... also George. Crash Bandicoot <laughs> 1 is just hard in general. Um, yeah. And so that really didn't help matters. Uh, I remember playing the remake, I had a lot more luck once I started using the D-pad instead of the analog stick. Uh, that oh, seemed yeah, like it helped more that. than anything. Um, because a lot of those obstacles and everything are kind of... It's almost like they're on a grid. And so doing yeah. that made it a lot more accurate in a weird way. I played the first Crash about back when it came out. And so that one I always just kind of played with D-pad anyway. Because that was how you played that at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Like the other yeah. two, I always played with analog. I guess it's just like this weird sort of it's been conditioned into me because that was my experience with those games back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, before, uh, totally moving away from final fantasy seven. Uh, how, how do you feel about those side quests so far? Cause like you've done the first set of them and that's pretty indicative of what those things are going to be for the rest of the game. Uh, they're fine. I guess like they're mm. RPG side quests. What? What are you gonna do? Go here, go kill this thing, take this to a person, whatever. It's fine, I guess. Yeah, I, I um, think they are a bit more frustrating li- later on because they're just having you like retread dungeons that you've already been in. Uh, whereas the oh. the first like sector seven stuff is like more differentiated than that. Uh, but it's still like the same basic framework of just go here, kill a thing, go here, pick up this item. Uh, by the way, I I got to the bit where. Uh... You go to Jesse's house, and I like how that whole area just looks like the housing area in Xenoblade Chronicles X. So that's cool. Yeah, uh, I really like how Cisco phones are canon in the Final Fantasy universe. Sure. Pull this model that was definitely part of some kind of model pack of like scenery items. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so yeah. the other thing I've been playing is. Disaster Report 4 Summer Memories Y'all like Disaster Report? I've never played a single Disaster Report in my life 
Oh, I'm glad I'm not the first person in this podcast to say that because <laughs> I did not want to be. <laughs> well, thank you for falling on that blade for me. I, I would anytime. Not, I would not blame anybody because they were super niche games uh, for the PS2. The first one, Disaster Report. Second was called Raw Danger for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Uh, but there are games about like natural disasters occurring. Uh, the first one's an earthquake. Second. I think it might be an earthquake that causes it, but it's mostly like tsunami and flooding and stuff. Uh, and then there was a third one, which did not get released here. And then there was a spinoff that is like about kaiju attacking the city. Um, but this one, Disaster Report 4, was made about eight years ago. Uh, and then the giant earthquake in Japan happened, and so it got canceled. Even though it was pretty much done. Uh, and so now it recently just like the last of us <laughs> yeah uh so they came back and finished it and released it and so here we have a game from like 2012 and you can tell uh but i am mostly enjoying it so far so max what were you going to say i don't know if i was i oh. maybe i can't remember <laughs> oh i i thought you're you started to say something Okay, so here's the weird thing though In most of the Disaster Report games You're kind of just going through an area And you, you kind of talk to people And rescue people as you go through In this one It's like It's a series of sort of open areas And you're kind of just running around Trying to get things to trigger It's kind of like Kingdom Hearts 1 In that way Where it's like Great game <sighs> Yeah <laughs> Uh, where it's like well I need to go over here So this building will fall and then go over here Then this thing like the road will Cave in or whatever And I need to talk to these people And that stuff's kind of Not great but It does still have a lot of the trademark Disaster report weirdness In it Um, There's an early part where You have to impersonate A convenience store clerk And uh Like let people pay for items because they are you go into the convenience store and there's just a line of people there angry that there's nobody here while buildings are falling all around them which is pretty good uh and then there's a guy in the bathroom and he needs toilet paper so you need to go get toilet paper uh for him and then he comes out and he says he's the manager of the store and then he starts selling stuff at jacked up prices and uh, then the real manager shows up And it's a whole wacky thing um, but... Look Larry people need to get back to work <laughs> That's right Reopen <laughs> yeah, Japan I was... Yeah that was I was thinking I was like wow This uh, this is like a republican paradise here People waiting <laughs> yeah. in lines to buy stuff And being mad at, at Retail workers Yeah The they... true disaster report is America am I right But doom. Please laugh. No. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so there has so you don't need to. there has been one part where I was like actually navigating through like a sideways building and helping a lady get out of it. That's good. Um, kind of the weirdest thing is that it keeps doing these like personality quizzes almost, where it's just like you huh. you talk to a person and they'll just see like. Oh, this is a bummer. And then it just gives you like six options, which is something like 
it ranges anywhere from she seems nice, she's in trouble, uh, to uh, uh, to oh, no. uh, to I really hate her and would never want to speak to her ever. And like, I don't know what the purpose of these are if they end up coming back at some point. But in disaster report games, it's always more entertaining to be like a weirdo. Uh, so like when the guy was in the bathroom, like I cheered for him. Uh, it, it's just it has funny dialogue options like that. It never penalizes you as far as I can remember. So you might as well mm. just pick the funny options. Um, you you were telling me that game had some uh, performance issues though. So in the first area, and I don't know why this is, the frame rate is awful. Like it is just. It was making me start to feel sick from playing it. After you get out of that first area, it's fine. It it starts to chunk up when there's like giant buildings falling and everything. That's always happened in those games. It almost kind of enhances the experience in a way like, oh, this is just, this is too epic. The game can't handle it, you know? Um, it's like a side-scrolling shooter it's like oh this is probably just baked into the experience yeah yeah exactly like they don't expect you to be able to dodge all these bullets if it doesn't slow down um yeah but yeah after you get out of that first one i don't know what it is about that that makes it so bad but especially considering this is a psvr game it's psvr compatible and wow i don't know how anyone (laughs) would be able to deal with that I was going to say, speaking of getting sick while playing video games, my Rift replacement cable will arrive tomorrow. Hooray! Yeah, so I guess I know that I'm going to be puking all over this place by the end of my day. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, just... You know what's real good is not turning on the AC to save on electricity, so I'm totally going to try to play VR games while it's about 80 degrees in here. That sounds mm. like a real good time to me. Larry, you should uh, set a follow-up call. Just so you can check that George is still alive after that. <laughs> yeah, he's and just gonna pass out. <laughs> roll me into the street. Uh, so yeah, disaster report four. I have found okay so far. Uh, found a, a I went to a jewelry store and there was just a guy dead on the floor with a knife in his back and a lady rummaging through a safe. I don't know what I'm oh, supposed no, to do about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like I I gave the lady a first aid kit because she was hurt. And I figured, well, that guy probably had it coming. I don't know. But there was yeah, nothing sure. else I could really do there. Uh, I could have, like, gone through the safe myself, I guess. But she's just kind of like, well, why are you still standing there? Like, go away. And so I did. And I don't know. That was where I left off. Larry, the, also, the first rule. Larry. What? The first rule is don't get involved. Yeah. Uh, well, um... She also might have been a little bit concerned because I was wearing a chef hat and a chef outfit uh, because that is right after you go through an Italian restaurant and you can just go into a locker <laughs> and find a chef's outfit. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, disaster report's good. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for what I've been playing. Yeah. What else? Is there anything else here? I mean, I've also been trying to play the Pokemon trading card game on Game Boy, but that oh. didn't go so good. Retro yeah. Corner, here we go. <laughs> sure, this is actually not a game that I finished, so it's not a proper Retro Corner, but uh, the Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy, 
uh, tried to give that a shot, and I think that the ROM that I have for that is bugged, so I can't actually make any progress. Because, uh, like, in order to challenge the gym leaders in that thing, you have to kind of meet these different prerequisites. Uh, but the first one that you go to, it's that you have to have a certain amount of cards. And the guy that I was looking at said 130, uh, but I could not get him to initiate a fight with me. He kept saying, like, you don't got enough cards. And I eventually built up, like, about 270 cards and it still just is not letting me challenge him so i think something is up with that rom uh i don't know if it is a similar situation uh, as to when i downloaded uh comic zone and could not beat the second level and everything seemed really buggy in that and then i realized that i apparently put the beta of that game on <laughs> my retro pie okay <laughs> I like that was a weird experience too because I was just like, boy, I remember Comic Zone not being very good, but this seems fucked. I like loading up betas of games because I'm thinking like, hey, I'll get to see like this weird unreleased thing, like that Shadow game based on the Alec Baldwin game, uh, Alec Baldwin oh, sure. movie, uh, or Steven Seagal in The Final Option is another good one. Uh, yeah, I like checking out betas and stuff too, but. Uh... The beta to Comic Zone is not particularly interesting. It's just Comic Zone, but it's glitchy and you can't beat like the second level of that thing. Oh, sure. I don't uh, mean of games that actually came out. I'm yeah. just talking about ones that didn't. Yeah. It's also a little bit deceptive in Comic Zone's case because that game's like only like three or four levels long. So you can get through most of it on the beta before it just like drops a wall down on you. Um, uh, but yeah, the Pokemon card game too, just like you had brought up to me before I got into that thing that the AI cheats real bad in it. And uh, man, yeah, I forgot just how rough it is. Uh, I did a bit of testing with that, uh, with save states, uh, in particular on like a attack that Ninetales uses where it will flip a coin eight times and every time it comes up heads, it does 10 damage. So I did like a save state a couple turns before my opponent used it. And like I kept noticing my opponent would go through the same exact actions every time, and the coin flip for all eight coins was exactly the same every single time. So I think it's doing like a XCOM type of seeding with yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is way in the AI's favor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I was telling you is, yeah, it's definitely seeded like that beforehand, but yeah, it's it's stacked in their favor. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, Pokemon trading card game I dumped a lot of time into when I was a kid. Uh, also, that game's very slow to get going, so oh, I don't yeah. blame you for not wanting to try it again either. Yeah, I, I was looking forward to it because I remember playing it a lot. Uh, you know, back when I was wee lad. Uh, in particular, I, I think we had gone on, on like a fairly long road trip at that time, which probably made that game like the slow pace of it a lot more bearable. Because uh, it was still just passing the time. Oh sure. Uh, whereas now, no, I have like no patience for that. I have a lot of other games that I want to play uh, before the virus gets me, <laughs> and I don't want <laughs> the fucking Pokemon trading card game on the Game Boy to be one of the last video games I ever played. That's oh, fucked. Should be Final Fantasy VII remake, obviously. Goddamn right. Uh... Need to find out whether or not they try to make that dog fuck that girl. <laughs> George uh, died as he lived, stopping a dog from fucking a girl. Yeah. It's a noble endeavor. Somebody's gotta do it. Yeah. It's, it's oh, a dirty job, if... but someone's gotta do it. <laughs> uh, Thanks, no. Mike Rowe. He has a lot of, a lot of great ideas. 
Uh, yeah, we, no, yeah. I'm just gonna bite the bite the balls right off of this dog. We have a question, uh, from uh-huh. Tittle at Laserdisc dot party. Uh, I sent out a message asking for questions. He says, "Why do we need the PS5? What's wrong with the PS4?" And this is a <laughs> troll, so we're not going to answer that. But shout out to Tittle; he's a good guy. Yeah. Okay, follow him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a tittle had a um, an Oscar pool, uh, to try predict winners, and I was the only person that entered, so I won the prize. What'd so, you get? Uh, it just gave me um Steam credit, so because like, oh. he's Canadian and it was like a whole weird thing. Uh, mm. but yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah. the Pokemon game. Trading card game on the Game Boy, uh, not not great. I don't know how much of it is just maybe the ROM I got is fucked. I don't know if maybe I'm just doing something wrong in that thing. But the guide that I read was very clear about 130 cards. Uh, don't know. I I give this game 130 uh, points out of a total 270 points. Okay. Don't play it. Yes. That's that seems fair. Yeah, yeah. I. I'm going to take it off my list though and replace it with something else because look, I got to beat everything on the list. Well, that I ha- I have to beat everything on the list. Isn't that a go- going against the spirit of the list though? Like if you could just take no. one off and replace it. No, um, because it's specifically that something is up with the game that is preventing me from actually being able to progress. Because that happened with Calibri too, where it was like something with the emulation was fucked and I couldn't actually get past like a certain level or point in that game. Calibri is um, the um the hummingbird game for the 32x. Yes. Yeah. Um, like a weird fusion of a side-scrolling shooter and Echo the Dolphin. Uh, not Ugh. good, Calibri. Um, just... Yeah, that game is talking about the font. <laughs> yeah, that's where they got the name <laughs> for the font from. Uh, the worst thing is the title isn't even written in Calibri. What the fuck were they thinking? Let's jam Times New Roman into my Sega Genesis. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, I'll remove a game from the list if it is, like, okay, this doesn't emulate well and I literally cannot beat it. Uh, there might be something up with the ROM in the Pokemon trading card game. Frankly, I'm using this as an excuse to take it off the list, so... So you admit it. Uh, I mean, it's a technicality. <laughs> I actually did, like, I have removed only one game from the list straight up because it was just so bad that I could not actually sit down and tolerate it. Uh, and that was Echo the Dolphin 2. Mm. I played the first one and realized that I had enough. Yeah. Yeah. Echo 2 is literally just more of that game, and I want nothing to do with that. You ever played the Dreamcast one? No. And also, considering my experience with Echo the Dolphin, I doubt I will. I wonder how it would be because I feel like that being in 3D would probably be a lot better because you can actually see where anything is. Maybe. I mean, it also depends on what the draw distance of that thing is. Yeah. yeah it could be. Because I, I really don't know. And design wise, like, Echo also pulls out so much bullshit of just like, you need to go find a bunch of like items and bop it with your nose in order to beat the level, but also like, the scenery looks exactly the same, so you can never really get a good sense of where you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Echo sucks so goddamn much. 
Yes, it does. But uh, everyone's favorite blue glass does speed runs of it, so it must be fine. Just like mm. Bubsy 3D is fine because Ulalilia likes it. <laughs> oh, man, you got me there. Oh, maybe I should uh, replace a Pokemon trading card game with Bubsy 3D. Sure, why not? <laughs> I know it emulates well. I've tried to play it before. Mm-hmm. Well, I've how can seen you really other tell? levels in that game. I've seen other levels in that game other than the one that everybody recognizes. Yeah, because that's as far as anybody gets before they stop playing it. Oh, sure. I don't blame anybody for that. Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, the Pokemon train card game, not good. Don't play it. Uh, okay. I've started, though, at the same time in Final Fantasy Tactics, which I think is a very good game. Ugh, whatever. All right, that's basically the end. Uh, Max, do you have anything to say before we go? Yeah, uh, remaster the first two Golden Suns, uh, Nintendo, yes. you cowards. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Do I'm, it. I can get behind this. What's um... Okay, top three remasters, Larry. If they had to like go back and remake uh, some old video games, Jet Set what Radio would you Future. Want? First, damn right. Um, because that is only on Xbox. Uh, yeah. Let's see. That's kind of yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of things that aren't available on modern platforms. Is the thing. Uh, Dino Crisis would definitely be one of mine. Oh, like for a full remake, yeah. I'm talking about just like remaster. Yeah. Oh no, I'm going like full. Like if you're doing this, like Final Fantasy VII, like oh. what would your what what would your fantasy games be? Hmm. Super. Because I mean, Mario this is all World. video games are anymore is remakes. Yeah. Uh. Well, I actually I probably would have said Abe's Odyssey, but they actually did that in Exodus. Yeah. Uh. Munch's Odyssey actually There's a lot in there that's good But it really could benefit from a remake Um What about Stranger's Wrath? No Stranger's Wrath is fine Like that's kind of the point okay. where they figured out 3D movement and everything yeah. I have not played that one so Yeah It's weird I mean, And also I've never beat the other two Also Mm-hmm I feel like yeah. a full remake of Devil May Cry 1 with the gameplay Ooh. of 5 would be really good. Yeah. Um, but still leave it with fixed camera angles and very tight hallways. No, do not. That's <laughs> my point. I do not want that. No, that could be good. Like That RE engine is working out real well for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, yeah. what if they did a full remake of Metal Gear Acid 2? Uh, no. <laughs> yes, Acid 2 no. is great. The, uh, the, no, it's not. Yes, the Acid it is. games suck. No. You suck. You suck. Uh, yes, also. Which is why I'm authority, an authority on this. Max, you ever played I just want any Metal remake. Gear game? Have I played any Metal Gear game? In fact, you yes. know what? Actually, that yes, that's the answer. Remake Metal Gear One and Two. Yeah. Uh, but yes, that what... is uh, that's what my my top three was going to be is remake Metal Gear Two, uh, Dino Crisis, and then I personally would just really like a remake of Final Fantasy Nine, even though I think it is absolutely not needed because that game holds up really really well. 
Okay, but uh, Max, what's your experience with Metal Gear? I I guess you said you played the demo of Metal Gear Solid, so we know that. Yeah, uh, Metal Gear Four, I I beat to completion. Mm. Um, I mean, if you had I, to beat any of them, <laughs> I I liked it. I I thought it was fun. I mean, I know it's probably not the Metal Gear most people like, but no, I don't know. No. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I liked it. I really time. like the beginning and the end of that game. Like that beginning part where you're in the Middle yeah. East is fantastic. Uh, and oh, then, yeah, I think the part good. where you're in like Africa too is pretty good, but it is just an extension of that gameplay. And then when you hit the third chapter, they take that all away from you. Yeah, I, I like the end where you're punching Ocelot and it's like you know flashing back oh, to sure. the other stuff. That that bit's great. Crawling through the microwave tunnel, whatever. And then yeah. Then you sit and watch it for about two hours. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, the I will admit, my dad, because uh, I played it at my dad's house mostly, and we would eat popcorn while watching the cutscenes because <laughs> it's sure. I mean, what do you, it's it's an hour and a half long cutscene. Like what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> like I at at the point in time that game came out, I was way into Metal Gear Solid, and I really wanted to see how the story ended. But I was unemployed; uh, was like not able to really make rent at that point in time, so I couldn't get a PlayStation Three, let alone Metal Gear Solid Four. So I just like watched all the cutscenes like on YouTube. And frankly, now that I've played the game, just as authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was hyped for Four. I remember when it was coming out. I was talking to you. And we were talking about yeah. the trailers and stuff and how good it looked. And basically all of those trailers are from that first segment. So Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean I still think it's a like that game still holds up really well graphically, at the very least. Oh yeah. Uh and I think that the the bits the like the first two chapters are a really good kind of like template of where Metal Gear Solid would kind of go mechanically from there. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously by by the time of Metal Gear Solid 5 they've refined that into something that I think is very, very fun. Well, five um, hasn't come out yet and never will, but Shut up, bitch. <laughs> Look. Max, Max, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I am insistent that uh-huh. Phantom Pain is Metal Gear Solid V. It is not five. Because Peace uh-huh. Walker was supposed to be five, but they wouldn't let him call a PSP game five, so whatever, he had to change five. it. Even though the only that... Phantom Pain you're feeling is where your goddamn brain is supposed to be, Larry. <laughs> but Peace, you have to admit, Peace Walker is way more relevant to the overall story than Phantom Pain is. Yes, and also I understand that the intention was for that to be Metal Gear Solid Five, and ostensibly it is. But also, look, the box for Metal Gear Solid Five has the Roman numeral for five on it. It's Metal Gear Solid Five. Yes, and the others use the Arabic numerals instead of. Roman numerals, which do you really this think is... Kojima would do that? Like, not on Look, purpose? Mister, that, this is like, this is... I will recognize that Sonic 2006 Venom is Sonic Snake. Adventure 3, but if they make a Sonic Adventure 3, then that is Sonic Adventure 3. Venom Snake. Uh huh. That's why it's Punished called V. Snake. Well, yeah. Whatever. I'm just going to say that this is the best conspiracy theory I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> And also, it is hard to argue with Larry's logic that if the other if the other four games use Arabic numerals, and this one uses Roman numerals, that that's telling. Yes, and you're not like 
you know, spoilers for an old game, you are not Big Boss in it. You are Venom Snake. He's an imposter. This is a side story. This was basically supposed to be You're a tech right, demo. You're right, and then Metal Gear Solid 2, he's not Solid Snake. He's an imposter. <laughs> Snake's he's in Solid it, though. Snake's fucking Topa, man. Yeah, but the whole thing is like, you're emulating the Shadow Moses incident. Like, it, it's still very much tied to that whole thing. It's like you wanted to be snake now look like this is just like he brainwashed this other guy to think he's big boss like i'm going to hurt you <laughs> uh max so i take it you don't know much about metal gear solid 4 outside of number four and the demo to the first one i mean i've tried to like read up on some of the lore but you know <laughs> that's that's <laughs> oh boy that's a that's a fool's errand if there oh, ever man. was one. Um, Remember how they included like a wiki for Metal Gear Solid Four, like on the disc? Yes, that's that's incredible. All, all I know is that all I know is La Le Li Lolu and La Li Lu Le La. Uh, uh-huh. Oh yeah, see, Lulu I don't even know it properly. <laughs> yeah. So here's where all, I'm going. All with I this. know, all I know is that they just took all the vowels and put L in front of it. Yeah, accurate. Uh, here's here's where I'm going with this, though, Larry okay. is, and Max also, because uh, I want to include you on this. Uh, part of my Thank retro you. game corner uh, on my list is pretty much all of the Metal Gears and Metal Gear Solids uh, outside of four. Uh, and so obviously, at some point, we're going to have to talk about it. And I think it'd be great to just plop down someone who has a very tangential knowledge of Metal Gear Solid and basically just try to explain to them, God damn, what the fuck is up with these games? I, I actually was going to say at some point we should have Max back where you just try to explain the plot of Metal Gear from beginning to end. Yes. Me too. I would, I, I, <laughs> that actually, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Long story short, right. nano machines, nuclear uh-huh. weapons. Nano machines, son. Exactly. I See? I, See? I, 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 I also I also know that uh, Vamp was called that not because of his vampire vampire like abilities, but because he is a bisexual. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, all us bi's are vamping all the time. How <laughs> uh, many people know this? But uh, it's not because he's a vampire that he can run on water. It's because he's a bisexual. We can all do that. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, but uh, technically, Nano Machine Sun is from a non-canon game, so that was Rising, yeah, or uh-huh. Revengeance, or yep, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Even though I consider that it game... canon, that game has Raiden in a sombrero and a poncho going to a store, and he's just like Vaya con Dios. <laughs> that game is so good, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I would like to do that. I would like to walk somebody through the Metal Gear Solid experience. Um, I don't know if I brought it up on this podcast before, but I have the art book for that thing. Speaking of Vamp, uh, they wanted him to be a lady at some point. And basically every female lead in a Metal Gear Solid game at some point, Kojima was just like, but what if she doesn't wear a shirt or anything? Or like any clothes, really? So there's just like a lot of character designs that are just naked ladies inside that book. Well, congratulations. Right. Yeah, I I just like that he kept insisting on this, and then people kept reining him back in. Are you sure that was him that was making that I'm, call? 
I there are a lot of notes in that book, and I want to say they directly attribute some of that stuff to like Kojima and what he kind of wanted to get out of those character designs. Uh, oh. But I should pop that book open again. It I also like that that book directly references the crotch laser of Metal Gear Rex as being a dick laser. Yes, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll do that sometime. Although, uh, what I'd really like to do with you also, Larry, is uh, when you do have the Final Fantasy remake done, I would really like to just get into kind of what the story of that game is and. Since you also don't have too much of a knowledge of where that story goes, just kind of laying down on you. Oh, what what is up with Final Fantasy VII? Right, I was going to mention my current theories. Uh, so I have not really looked up anything about the game, so I don't know how it goes. But it's pretty clear from the beginning that it is not following the story of the original. So my two theories were one that uh, Nomura is just doing the opening of Kingdom Hearts two again. Uh, because Cloud keeps having these flashbacks with Static, uh, and it just reminds me of that. Like, at the end, like Cloud is going... Uh, like, not even at the end of this one, but like three games from now, Cloud is going to come out of a giant white egg, and he'll be like in his PS1 polygonal form or something, and he'll be like, oh, it was all a simulation. Um, but the other theory sure, the is... The solid Sephiroth simulation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, three. The true S three plan begins now. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the real that'll S- make sense to you at some point, Max. <laughs> it was the Sagata Sanshiro simulation. Uh, so, um, that or Sephiroth like rebooted the timeline or something, and he's the only one that remembers it. Uh, and like Cloud maybe it? does what? Did he punch it? Uh, yeah, he Superboy primed it. Uh, maybe, I don't know Uh, he's got like a magic sword, I think With like his mom's spirit in it or something Is that right? Nice Sephiroth? Yeah No, 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 no His mom, no, like his sword's just a sword Oh, uh, I thought actually. it was magic There's nothing No, I mean, well, like it's not any more magic than any other weapon in Final Fantasy VII No, it's real big Something yeah. that big has his to mom be is... So, God, his mom is Genova, but it's not Genova because he also has a regular mom. It, it's a whole. I'll I'll tell you later. All right, whatever. It's a whole thing. The point was that he had, uh, yeah, Superboy primed things, and he remembers it. Like, okay, so basically, he and Cloud are like the psycho pirates of Final Fantasy VII. Like, they're the ones mm. that remember the previous continuity. Uh, yeah. And then there are like these wraiths around, which you told me are not in the original game. So, um, nope. I am guessing since they keep gravitating around Eris that they know she isn't going to die in this timeline and so they're trying to make it like they're basically time cops to try to protect the continuity and make her die sure. I guess uh, the race sit down with Benjamin Sisko and they ask him what the hell he did <laughs> in the original right. series timeline <laughs> just chuck Eris in the wormhole whatever yeah. Um, yeah so those are my I mean, I did want to mention theories. that I did want to mention that real quick too. The voice actor for Barrett actually has a small role in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, so there's the connection. Yeah. Great. The tissue is there. It oh. it all comes back to the promenade. Also, um, very early in the game I just went to a gate and the guy at it sounded exactly like Patrick Warburton. <laughs> 
And so yeah. I looked up and it was like, okay, he's not listed as being in this game, but you know, game credits can be iffy. So who knows? I just mm. assumed it was him because it sounds exactly yeah. like him. And turns out I that's mean, apparently his you're son. in the game. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Larry Davis voices uh, yeah. Chocobo Sam. That's me. Oh man. Um. um but yeah, yeah, I'm a little further you know, in Patrick the game. Patrick Warburton's son sounds exactly like him, and that's great. Yeah. I'm a little further in the game, so kind of here's here's my theory of what's going on with that stuff too. Um, I don't like, think what? it's a simulation. What? You're like almost done with it. I don't need theories when you're uh, almost done with the game. The the thing is that there has not been much more of that stuff between where you're at and where I'm at. There's been like about two more scenes with it, and one of them I actually just don't know what to make of it at all because it just seems to not be related to any of that stuff. Like they just okay. show up and you fight them and then they go away. Uh, but there's another part uh, in the church with them that is a bit more significant, but that's like the last, they haven't appeared since then. Um, okay. But I do, th I think though that your second theory is probably the correct one. Uh, mostly because like Sephiroth is actually referring to cloud as cloud. And I don't recall him ever doing that in the original game. I also uh, don't he's know like how not... else he would know him really. In the original, yeah, that too. Like in in the original game, Cloud kills Sephiroth. Like air quotes, kills him. So he would have like some knowledge of who he is, but he's also not very concerned with him. And anytime he appears, he's always like kind of speaking through people. Well, like I, he's not talking directly to them. I guess Sephiroth would know him. He um he mentions killing his mom, right, and burning down his village or whatever. Yeah. But but that's the thing is like in the original game Sephiroth like that's such a non-issue to him he wouldn't really bring it up like he kind of just doesn't give a fuck about Cloud. Oh, um, okay. So like I I I kind of took that as well he knows who Cloud is now because Cloud fucked up his plan and then some part of him went back into the past and now he's actually mad about Cloud. Okay. Um. But like the stuff with the wraiths, uh, they they seem centered around Aerith, so I think that they're probably like the spirits of the ancients or something like that. That's why they're able to like, you know, you don't see them until you come into contact with her. Uh, but yeah, I think that they're probably like trying to correct the timeline while Sephiroth is trying to alter the timeline. Because hmm. uh, like the few times they show up are moments where a character is basically about to behave off script. And then they're like, no, you gotta go here and do this thing. Why didn't they show up when Barrett didn't say the planets die in cloud? And they, like, go into his mouth and make him say it. Well, you gotta buy a lot of Butterfingers to get that thing. Like that <laughs> scene. Right. DLC. We're also, um, we're sponsored by Butterfingers. You have to go buy Butterfingers uh, for the special yeah. Tifa theme. Uh, and, like, some bangles or something. I actually might yeah, do that. I, I don't know. If I can find some. There, there's a there's a bit later on though that like I don't think Cloud necessarily has knowledge of what is going to happen or what is going on, but it's implied that the knowledge is there latent in his brain. It's weird. It's like he's experienced the timeline, but he's not aware that he has experienced the timeline. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see where they go with that stuff. Uh, I I do. I do know enough to know that apparently the end of the game is somewhat controversial with that stuff. So, Oh no, Final At Fantasy it... fans being mad about something. <laughs> yeah, no, it needs to be exactly like the original in every single way. Um, but no, like I, 
that is a much more interesting way to handle a remake to me than just straight up redoing the entire game. Like having it be this weird thing where it's like, actually both of these completely coexist in like a different continuity. Like the Dark Tower like, movie, which is technically a sequel yeah, to the book. Sure. It's also a good way to kind of wash your hands of things if it goes awry. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see the Dark Tower uh, movie? No, I did not. Max, did you? No, I didn't end up seeing it. That one had Idris Elba in it, right? Yeah, and Maddie McConaughey. Did you like it? I didn't see it. Did I, was see ask, it? I was asking oh, if well, either of you had. Well, well, when someone asks if someone's seen something, I usually just assume they have and are asking if other people have as well. You think I'm going to watch a Dark Tower movie? I haven't even read the books. I don't read word I books. I've heard no, the dude. movie... I heard the movie wasn't very good, and yeah. so like that was my main reason for just not bothering with it. That uh, is also what I heard. Yeah, because also actually, I really like Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. So agree. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if I had heard that movie was good, I probably would have watched it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see where they they go with all that that wraith stuff and the potential of time travel because I I know enough about Final Fantasy VII to know that the way that Sephiroth is behaving and everything is very very different from the original. Uh, also, just the fact that like he shows up at very different points in time because in the original he doesn't actually make his appearance until like you don't you know that he's around at the end of the Midgar stuff, but you don't see him. Then you go to a town and Cloud kind of just fills you in on what happened in the past. And then it's a while later that you get on a boat and that is when he actually shows up in front of you physically for the first time. Uh, even though it's not actually him, it's Genova who's disguising herself to look like him, but whatever. Uh, All right. But that's part of it too, where it's like in the original game, it's not actually him through most of that, which is even more reason why he would not really refer to Cloud as Cloud. Okay, sure. So yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, also, until you told me on the phone the other day, I did not know what Genova was, so yep. this is also Space new. Space alien. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the calamity from the skies. because she fell down onto the planet, and she infected oh, people like a virus. Oh, wait, is this Genova? Is that yeah. what's happening? Uh-huh. Boy, this the sucks. Final Fantasy VII sucks. <laughs> We're all gonna. That's why Trump's been, uh, you know, he's been pushing that whole narrative about drinking Mako to cure the virus. <laughs> Chug that Mako. You gotta order it from Pastor Jim Baker. Yeah, but then one guy died because he just swallowed a whole thing of materia and he choked on it. Well, it had the same name on the label, even though it said "Do not eat." You know. There's a difference between concentrated and unconcentrated Mako. Like, I don't understand what people don't... <sighs> Whatever. All right, well... We're all going to die. Toxic... Hmm? I was saying there are no toxic substances, just toxic levels. Yes, exactly. Good point. <laughs> well, we'll be back right. next week uh, if we're not all dead, which is increasingly yeah. likely. Uh, sure. But... Thank you again for being on, Max. We'll talk to you in the future. Maybe next week. I don't know. Absolutely. I'll let you know. We'll see how things go. And uh, until then, I have been Larry Davis. Uh, I've been the resident uh, Final Fantasy expert, George Rumble. It's a horrible bourbon and to bear. I, I have been, am, and always will be Max Miller. 
I'm full of cursed knowledge. <laughs> Got anything else to say? I'm going to die with all this information about Final Fantasy say, 7 in my head. Say the thing. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Thank you.